Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jason, and I will be your conference operator today. I would like to welcome everyone to the Kirkland Lake Gold Conference Column webcast to discuss the company's first quarter 2021 financial and operating results. All lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star and the number one on your telephone keypad. If you would like to withdraw your question, press the pound key. With that, I would now like to turn the call over to Senior Vice President of Investor Relations, Mark Edding. Thanks very much, Operator, and uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, welcome to Kirkland Lake Gold's first quarter 2021 conference call and webcast. On the call today are many members of the Kirkland Lake Gold Senior Management Team. Speaking today will be Tony McCooch, our President and CEO, David Soares, our Chief Financial Officer, uh, Natasha Vaz, our Chief Operating Officer, Larry Lazeski, our General Manager for Detroit Lake Mine, Evan Peltier, our Vice President of Mining for Kirkland Lake, Ian Hahn, our Vice President and Co-Lead of Australian Operations, and Eric Calio, our Senior Vice President of Exploration. There are uh, several other members on the management team on the phone as well. After we go through the presentation, we'll open up the uh, call to questions. We ask that each person limit themselves to two questions. The slide deck that we'll be referring to is available on our website, both on the home page and in the events section. Before I get started, I would like to direct everyone to, um, to the forward-looking statements on slide two of the slide deck. Our remarks and answers to questions may and likely will contain forward-looking information about future events affecting our company. Please refer to slide two, as well as the forward-looking information section on our most recent management discussion and analysis dated May 5th, 2021, for more information. Also, during the call, we will be making reference to uh, non-IFRS performance measures a reconciliation of these measures is available in our most recent MDNA. Finally, all, all figures uh, mentioned today will be in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. With that, I'll now turn the call over to Tony McCooch, President and CEO of Kirkland Lake Gold. Hey, thanks, Mark, and thanks, everybody, for being on the call. I know uh, it's uh, been uh, trying times for people, but... Uh, at the same time, you know, like it, 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 it's a pleasure to get the opportunity to give, give a, you know, update on how much successes we've had at Kirkland Lake in, in Q1 of this year. I'm going to start on slide slide four, and you know, I, you know, and, and actually getting back to just just the, the thoughts to start off with. I mean, they, 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 these are challenging times, uh, but there are also opportunities, and you know, you get to, you know, I guess more and more as we go through this, and I know we're all going through COVID fatigue and. You know, it's affecting a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but a lot of a lot of good is coming out of people, and we really got to acknowledge the support and, and uh, of, of of you know we're we receiving from shareholders, from communities, from 
even you know the the, the support we received from the health you know, local health units up in Kirk and Lake and and in in in, in, in the Michigan region and northeastern Ontario as well as the support from the people in in, in Australia also you know you know we we, we we have to acknowledge the people that work for us. They, you know, they'd be definitely trying times. The families that come into work and and and, and you know performing and, and and putting in a good day's work this time. And we really appreciate all, all the efforts that's been happening. And you know, our our main goal is to maintain a safe workplace. And you know, we're we we it's it's this, there definitely there's things constantly evolving, but I and and changing, and it could be challenged. But because of the people and the support we're getting from all the people that work for us, I think. You know we're, we're we're moving forward and we're winning the battle. Anyway, and, uh, and with, with this slide, I'll begin to talk about COVID and you know and in terms of our COVID nineteen protocols. You know we we have a lot of protocols in fact, and, and they continue to be in fact throughout the quarter. And as well, we included new, new measures, including much more rapid testing at Detroit Lake. We can uh, test basically. You can come to our, our operation. We can, anybody can attest, and within fifteen minutes, we we, we would give you the result. Uh, you know, in, in terms of some some of the impacts of COVID-19 during the quarter, we did have eight workers test positive, five at Macassa and three at Detour. In every case uh, that this happened, the workers were fully reco fully recovered, and there's been no additional transmission of the virus on site. The five cases at Macassa were all in early March, and they were deemed an outbreak as defined by the local health unit. In response, uh, you know, we shipped 64 rapid test kits and over 1,200 swab kits to Macassa and tested the entire workforce. And, the outbreak was resolved quickly with no further transmissions on site. Just over a week ago, we had another occurrence at Macassa, again classified as an outbreak by public health, and it involved our near-surface ramp project at, at Macassa, where we're, where we're developing into that near-surface ore. Uh, we, we ended up here, and it's over, overall seven people tested positive. We did suspend the work on the project and tested all, all people uh, during the period of time, and uh, Project was halted for just under a week, and and then, you know, we had we you know we I can tell you we've had no further cases emerge, and we we have resumed work on the on the ramp on this project last weekend. Turning to slide five, Q1 2021 was also a very important quarter for us in terms of our commitment to responsible mining. We you know, we released our 2021 sustainability report. And, 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 in, in it, you know, we highlight a great deal of progress we, that the companies made both in terms of the work we were doing and our capabilities around reporting and disclosure of ESG issues. Also, during Q1, we pledged to achieve net zero emissions by 2050 or earlier. We're well positioned to achieve the, this goal and already being an industry leader in reducing and minimizing greenhouse gas emissions. During the quarter, as part of to, to follow our pledge with the we, we made a commitment to invest $75 million per year for five years in technology and innovation at our sites in, in, in working towards uh, looking at alternative fuels and, and, and supporting our efforts toward, uh, uh, um, you know, re reducing our carbon footprint. And a big part of it is in supporting our communities. These are three key areas we will focus on in here. And one, one, as I talked about earlier, would be investing in alternative fuels and energy, looking for new ways to, to do work that, that reduces our carbon footprint, uh, building the minds of the future by promoting automation and digitization, looking for alternative ways we, you know, understanding the impact that we do at site, uh, whether it's Detour, Macassar, or in Fosterville, and find ways we can, we can, we can, minimize that impact, we, we, we eliminate that impact, or 
offset it in some ways. And also, you know, I think, uh, you know, a big thing what we've been doing is investing in communities and, 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 and investing in communities, especially during these times, a lot of focus on mental health, uh, homelessness and addiction, uh, senior citizen care, and, and a, a big area that we, we feel is important in youth training and development uh, for a number of reasons. Turning to slide six, getting to the results of the first quarter, we, turned, we did turn a solid performance. We previously indicated that the first quarter of this year was expected to be our lowest quarter of production and the highest quarter of unit cost for the year. We even put our guidance for the quarter to drive that point home. We beat our guidance when we reduced our production and, and within our own sustaining costs. And, you know, the, the, the beat of our, our, our guidance and, and even, you know, our own, our own budgets for, for the quarter really reflected a very strong, uh, strong operating performance and from, from the people, a lot of work done. We really came, came together a lot in March. And, and for the quarter, we produced 302,000 ounces, and we had an operating cash cost of 542 an ounce, and all saving costs of 846 an ounce. I'm sure everybody can read that. Looking at earnings and cash flow, we had adjusted, adjusted net earnings of 62 cents per share. Uh, we had free cash flow of $43 million in the quarter. Uh, assuming current uh, goal prices, we fully, fully expect to see stronger numbers for the balance of the year on, on financial performance, and that applies. That, you know, uh, me, that also applies to our operating results. We also returned just under $100 million to shareholders. This included $50 million in dividend payments during the quarter, following the 50% increase in the quarterly dividend, and $46 million related to our NCI share purchases through our NCIB. <laughs> Going to slide seven now, we had some key developments as well in the quarter. We achieved additional exploration success, and, and in fact, we issued a press release earlier this week with new, very encouraging drill results at Detroit Lake. And really, this was, you know, there's been a number of, 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 of very good results coming out of Detour and the drilling we're doing there. We also continue to make excellent projects with our growth projects during Q1. Our, our number four shaft project at Macassar remains ahead of schedule. And, you know, the multiple projects at Detour Lake are going very well. And, you know, Larry and, and Natasha will talk a little bit about that later on in, the, in terms of some, some of the progress there. Also, we issued an, a, a new technical report for Detour at the end of the quarter. It, it outlines a very attractive project that we expect to improve upon going forward, uh, mainly sub supported by what we're going to, you know, with, with, the, with, the, with the drilling and coming up with an updated resource and, and, and reserve. But even even if you go to that, just look at that that report and, and, and our projections now for the next five years, you know, production in, the, in, in 680 to 720,000 ounces a year and then growing to 800,000 ounces a year, that report does show a dip, and then, and then for while well, well, you go through a through a through a, a low grade cycle and a, and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and an extra stripping for, for a year and a bit, then we grow production over 900,000 ounces a year in that in that report. Part of what we're going to you know what we're going to work on with the with the updated resource and reserve estimate that we, we expect to come out the end of 2021, going into 2022, an updated mine plan is looking towards maintaining that. And then once we get the 800,000 ounces a year to, 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 to try to minimize that trough or eliminate that trough and see a way to move forward. We have been permitted to, to, to process the 32.8 million tons per year. In our current forecast, we just see ourselves getting up to 28 million tons per year. Anyway, still on slide seven, there's also a few things that maybe I can emphasize as well. 
you know, and, and you know, I think, you know, they, like, and, and there's lots of excitement, but in terms of Kirk and Lake Gold, we, we think we're definitely uniquely positioned to perform going, well going forward. And, and why was that? Why would I say that? Well, we having having completed we, Q1, we are now poised to have three very strong quarters over the balance of 2021. We were on track to achieve all of our 2021 guidance. And we have a number of catalysts coming that we believe have have great potential to our valuations. And let me have to tell you a little bit more of that, what I mean by that. Let's start with uh, Detour Lake on slide eight. I did give give give, give some discussions on, on the technical report and, and, and in terms of what it was doing. And as I mentioned, part of us going forward is we see us not only is this a very good good, good project now. And, and, and very definitely big position for significant cost reductions and and, and 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 significant levels of production for quite some time, quite quite a long mine life. But as you can see, with, 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 as I mentioned earlier, we expect to be able to, to come up with a you know definitely an improvement to, to this as we as we go forward into 2022. <laughs> On slide nine, we are clearly you know. We, we, you, you, you see, and, and this is supported with some of the ex expiration results that, 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 that continue to come out. And this, this slide here is shown, uh, is taken from that expiration press release. Eric will give a little more color on it, but you can see with the drilling and, and, and what's what's happening both in terms of extending the resources, and the, the, sorry, the mineralization both to the west through the saddle zone between the, between between the potential, sorry, the current main pit and the potential. Or the you know future west pit, but also you can you, you can see that the mineralization we identified at depth, both below the current resources and reserves at on the main pit and resources uh, and reserves at, at the west the future west pit, and then for the west and I can say on this on this long section it also shows the the bottom of the old mine working from the Detroit Lake underground mine, and you know this is this is. Basically, demonstrating over four, maybe four or five kilometer uh, surface uh, long, long section, and you know the potential for, for between 30 and 40 million ounces of, of mineral inventory, mineral resources uh, above 700 meters. Uh, there's been little to almost no testing of, of, of below the 700 meter level below the the old underground mine that was at Detroit Lake, and maybe we haven't even found the ore body yet. So I, I think there's a lot of upside in terms of feature. Turning to slide 10, I've already mentioned that the number four shaft project at McCaster is going very well. You know, really the key point is that it will mean when the shaft is, what will it mean when the shaft is done? You know, we're talking, we've been talking for quite some time that this, the shaft there it will be very transformative to McCaster. Fundamentally, we're building a new mine at McCaster. And, and as we see going into sort of by, by the by Q4 next year, 2022, we'll be able to start taking advantage of the shaft. And, the, and with the new shaft, not only allow us to go to road production, but we're targeting to road production over 400,000 ounces by 2023. But it's going to improve working conditions in the mine, improve ventilation in the mine, uh, it, it improve you know improve productivity. I mean, the, the, this shaft alone will be over 4,000 tons a day. We, if we go back to, to, to the, the number three shaft, it's probably sitting around 2,000 tons a day at capability, 2,100 tons a day capability. But we've gone up to 4,000 tons a day with, with, the, with, with this new shaft, 
we'll still have the old shaft to help us in terms of things that we see that it's, it, it, you know, the, the combination of it, improve working conditions, improve shaft productivity, will we'll improve our uh, unit cost substantially, easily bring in all the staining costs of about $600 per ounce, and very importantly, facilitate the whole new chapter because it's going to create all new exploration platforms underground. They can go back and re-explore the Kirkland Lake Camp. And Kirkland Lake Camp is, you know, it's 100 years old. And, and, and been, been a lot of lot, lot of lot of work done over, over the hundred years in terms of gold production. But if you look at in terms of what we have, it's it's, it's just as exciting. It's almost like you get to a new discovery in, a, in, a, in an old camp. <clears throat> Going to slide eleven now, and, and you know, and many of you know, we also make changes as possible in terms of uh, reducing the production in the Swan Dome to draw out the mine life while we execute our drilling programs. In terms of that, there's two, two key points I'd like to make. First, that at anywhere between 225 to 425,000 ounces per year, the cash cost between 200 and 300 dollars per ounce. It's also will still remain a very profitable mine, and in fact, it's, we expect to continue to be one of the most profitable gold mines in Australia, and really, you know, definitely in, in the top ten globally. Second and most importantly, we continue to believe that there is very attractive exploration upside as possible. That's why we're investing around $90 million in exploration this year. Looking at our share price, we firmly believe that there is nothing in our valuation today for future exploration success as possible. With the exploration program we are completing and the multiple targets we have to drill, all containing quartz and visible gold, all providing the, you know, still there's still a big gold system here. You know, we, we, we think there's, 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 you know, the, the, we demonstrated, uh, created value in Kirk and Lake Gold in the past with exploration and with, with the diamond drilling. And, and, and we see, we see going forward that there's still lots of value creation to come from Fosterville. Turn to slide 12 and just to summarize before I turn the call over to David. You know, we believe Kirk and Lake Gold is very well positioned right now to outperform. Uh, number one, we're on. We are poised for three strong quarters of, of performance uh, this year, and you know, we expect to lead to a very strong 2022. We are on track to meet all of our 2021 guidance. We just issued an attractive technical report for Detour Lake, and we'll be issuing a new one in 2022 that we believe will establish Detour Lake as one of the world's premier gold mines. We will effectively be opening a new mine at McCann's next year, leading to higher production, lower unit costs, increased profitability, and very attractive exploration upside. And we are drilling extensively at Fossil and believe the success we are targeting is very accretive to our share price. I'll now turn the call over to David Soros, Chief Financial Officer, to give you a little bit of highlights on the financial results. Thanks. Thank you, Tony, and good afternoon, everyone. I'll, I will be starting on slide 13. In Q1 2021, adjusted net earnings told $167.8 million, or 63 cents per share. The difference between adjusted net earnings per share of 62 $0.63 cents and net earnings per share of $0.60 cents in Q1 2021 was mainly related to the exclusion of the whole complex asset impairment charge of $6.5 million and $5.7 million of non-cash foreign exchange gains, reflecting the strengthening of the Australian dollar against the U.S. dollar during the quarter. In addition, non-operating site costs of $4.2 million incurred at the whole complex NMT, which are not reflective of our operations, and COVID-19-related costs of $2.9 million, mainly at Detour Lake, related to the introduction of rapid testing, are also excluded from adjusted net earnings. Depreciation also had an impact on the quarter. We will go through depreciation and depletion expense in more detail in subsequent slides. 
turning to slide 14, in Q1 2021, the total revenue is $551.8 million. The change from Q4 2020 is mainly impacted by decreased sales volumes and an 87 per ounce decrease in the average gold price. Compared with Q1 2020, a 202 per ounce increase in average gold price from 1586 to 1788 accounted for 55 million of the revenue growth year over year, offset by a decrease in the ounces sold. Looking at EBITDA on slide 15, Q1 2021 EBITDA totaled 340.9 million. The change from Q4 2020 primarily related to a 20% reduction in revenues impacted by lower volumes and lower gold price, higher production costs reflecting higher milling and consumable costs at Detour, and increased mining rates and milling costs at Macassa. Compared with Q1 2020, the change in EBITDA was largely driven by 72.9 million of foreign exchange gains in Q1 of 2020, resulting from a strengthening of the U.S. dollar at the time, as well as higher production costs, mainly reflecting three months' results from Detour Lake in Q1 2021 versus two months in Q1 2020. All this was partially offset by 33.8 million of transaction costs related to the Detour acquisition last January 2020. Depletion and depreciation totaled 104 million in Q1 2021 compared to 21 million, 121 million in Q4 2020. As discussed on our fourth quarter results call, depreciation in the fourth quarter of 2020 was impacted by a one-time adjustment of approximately $10 million, resulting from purchase price allocation adjustments on inventory at Detour Lake. The remainder of the change from the fourth quarter in depreciation is mainly due to lower sales volume. For the balance of the year, we expect depreciation to remain at levels similar to the last two quarters, excluding this one-time adjustment. Turning to slide 16 to look at our cash balance and cash flow, on the slide, you will see that our operating cash flow was strong. We generated $272 million of operating cash flow in the quarter before $64 million in cash taxes paid in the quarter. During the quarter, we invested in our key assets, spending $165 million of capital, as well as $1.6 million on strategic investments, and received $2.8 million from the sale uh, of, of, of investments in the quarter. Cash used for financing activities of $98.2 million reflected the $46.3 million we used to repurchase shares in Q1, as well as $50.3 million used for payment of the Q4 dividend. Moving to slide 17, it looks at the change in cash in a slightly different way. You can see that the largest contributor to growth in cash was our operations, which generated about $294 million of cash which is before income tax paid of $64 million, growth capital investment of $46 million, exploration spending of $42 million. Other cash outflows include costs incurred at our non-operating sites at the NT and Holt complex of $10.2 million and corporate G&A of $14.9 million. As noted in the previous slide during the quarter, $96.6 million was returned to shareholders through share repurchases and dividend payments. The $56 million and other largely reflects payment of AP balances at year-end. Next, I'll turn it over to Natasha Vaz, our Chief Operating Officer. Thank you, David, and hi, everyone. 
Okay, so starting on slide 18, for the first quarter of 2021, Detroit Waste produced 147,000 ounces, which actually exceeded our target levels because of higher than planned average weight for the quarter. Also, the 5.7 million tons that we processed in Q1 2021 was a record level for first quarter processing. Um, on March 24th this year, we actually achieved a, daily, a new daily throughput uh, record at the processing plant of over 80,000 tons now. So we're moving in the right direction. All right, so now looking at unit costs, operating cash costs averaged $748 an ounce for the quarter. This increase in operating cash costs per ounce sold compared to Q1 last year largely relates to a stronger Canadian dollar in Q1 2021. As well, uh, we incurred higher stripping and milling costs this quarter. The increase compared to Q4 last year, um, so that mainly reflects higher mill maintenance costs and higher costs for consumables such as diesel this quarter. As for all in sustaining costs per ounce sold, Detour averaged $1,064 an ounce, which was down from the previous quarter, reflecting lower deferred stripping costs and sustaining capital, as well as lower expenditures relating to um, the tailings management area. I'll now call on Larry Lewerski, our general manager of Detour Lake, to review the project work in Q1. Thanks, Natasha. Uh, so we're looking at uh, slide 19. As Tony mentioned earlier, we have a number of projects ongoing at Detour Lake, which support the vision for the mine. The growth capital expenditure in Q1 of 2021 totaled $27.8 million. This includes $14.9 million related to deferred stripping of Phase 4 in the main pit. The remaining $12.9 million is related to the procurement of mobile equipment and projects involving the tailings management area process plant enhancements, as well as construction of a new assay lab and airfield. We're fully mobilized and have already begun work on the tailings dam with an earlier start than uh, in years past. As for the process plant enhancements, we're on track to accomplish our, our, our objectives for this year, which supports our ramp-up plans identified in the new mine plan. This year focuses on the crushing CIP and detox circuits. Additional surface infrastructure projects include a new core shack, field maintenance complex, camp expansion, improved access road and cell tower construction. The state-of-the-art communications improvements initiated this year will support our investments in technology for years to come. So that will turn the call back to uh, Natasha. Thanks, Larry. Okay, so turning to Macasa, I'm speaking to slide 20. Production in Macassar in Q1 2021 was just over 47,000 ounces at an operating cash cost of $699 an ounce and an all-in sustaining cost of $947 an ounce. The change in production from Q1 of last year reflected lower tons process, while the change from Q4 2020 was mainly due to lower plan grades during Q1 2021 as a result of mine sequencing. The increase in operating costs compared to both prior periods, it largely reflected higher operating tons mined in Q1 2021, and this is in terms of both uh, ore and waste tons. We also had increased maintenance costs related to mobile mine equipment and processing. As well, we had the impact of a stronger Canadian dollar. As mentioned before, ACE per ounce sold averaged $947 an ounce in Q1 2021, 
which was largely unchanged from the previous quarter, as higher operating cash costs were offset by lower sustaining capital expenditures. So sustaining capital totaled about $9.3 million in Q1, reflecting the completion or, or near completion of the number of projects during Q4 2020. We also had lower levels of capital development in this quarter, and we also revised the timing of delivery of, of some new mobile equipment. Okay, so I'll now ask um, Evan Peltier, our VP Mining, Kirkland Lake, to look at our project work at McCann. Thanks, Natasha. Looking at slide 21, we had a very good quarter in terms of our projects. As Tony mentioned earlier, we continue to make excellent progress on the shafts, uh, four shafts, advancing approximately 750 feet in Q1 and reaching a depth of 5,000 feet by the end of March. Another project where we made good progress was in Q1 was our ventilation expansion, involving the development of two new vent raises. The first raise is targeted for completion by the end of this quarter, with the second expected to be completed in the first half of 2022. The two new raises will almost double the ventilation going into the mine, dramatically improving working conditions. We achieved a major milestone on the vent raises on Tuesday this week. We broke through the surface with the first raise. These raises are significant in that they will be two of the longest raises ever completed for a mine in North and South America, extending over 3,300 feet. So to provide some context on that, that's twice the height of the CN Tower. I'll now pass the presentation over to Ian Hahn, Vice President, Co-Lead, Australian Operations. Yeah, thanks, Evan. Uh, good evening and afternoon, everyone. Um, I'll be speaking to slide 22. Uh, Foxville produced just under 109,000 ounces in Q1 2021. Uh, that compares to uh, approximately 160,000 ounces in Q1 2020 and 164,000 ounces the previous quarter. Uh, the change from both prior periods, uh, mainly the result of lower average grade, consistent with our previously stated plan to reduce production in the Swan Zone by increasing mining activities in other areas of the mine. The intention is to create a more sustainable operation over a longer period while we continue our extensive exploration program. Production in Q1 2021 exceeded planned levels, mainly reflecting great outperformance in the Swan Zone in March. The Swan Zone accounted for 42% of tonnes milled and 72% of ounces produced in Q1 2021. Uh, compare that to the 62% and 93% respectively in Q1 2020. Looking at costs, operating cash costs in Q1 2021 were $228, while all in sustaining costs of $423. Both measures were higher than in prior periods, with the key factor driving unit cost performance being the impact of a lower grade on sales volume. In addition, compared to Q1 2020, we also had significantly higher tons mined and milled, consistent with our plan partially offset the reduced grades with increased throughput levels. There was also a foreign exchange impact, given the significant strengthening of the Australian dollar, which contributed to higher costs, particularly versus last year's first quarter. I'll now pass the presentation over to Eric Callio, Senior Vice President, Exploration. Thanks very much, Ian, and good afternoon, everyone. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thanks, Ian, and good afternoon, everyone. My first slide today will be number 23 and related to Detour, where we're continuing to advance the large-scale drill program we commenced in 2020 to evaluate resource potential surrounding the main and future west pits. As previously announced, the program includes a minimum of 250,000 meters and aiming for an updated resource and potentially expanded mine plan for announcement in early 22. In terms of progress to date, we believe it's been going very well with close to 70,000 meters of drilling completed in 2020, another 60,000 in Q1, and things still proceeding very, very well. Additional to this, we've now had, we've now already seen quite a large number of assays returned and had five press releases including one earlier this week, with results that we believe are very, very urgent. Summarizing some of these results is the image on the current slide, which is a long section from the latest release and is indicating 40 new holes, which are mainly from the saddle zone, but with a number of others from both under and to the west of the future west pit. Although all areas continue to look very good, we're especially happy with what we see in the central and east part of the saddle, where drilling continues to intersect broad zones of mineralization at very good open pit grades with higher grade subintervals. Significant results for the central and east area are shown on the image with pink and green dots and as indicated include a number of outstanding intersections such as 1.13 over 155.1, 2.03 over 73, 9 over 13 and 31 over 5 all from the lower part of the current resource scale as well as 1.08 over 56 and 0.9 over 103 meters from areas very close to surface. Additional to the bill, we also saw some very good results nearby to the future west pit, where again, the intersections not only demonstrated very good widths and grades, but extension of mineralization to depth and to the west. Key results from holes testing the depth are shown on the image with blue and include intercepts such as 2.94 over 51.9, 2.37 over 36 meters, which intersect the central part of the area between the 25 and 50 meter level below the current pit shell. We also had 2.26 over 21 and 1.04 over 46.9 on the east side of that west pit area. Keyholes to the west are highlighted here in yellow and as indicated, not only it confirmed strong mineralization up to 400 meters in this direction, but include a highlight hole of 10.66 grams per ton over 13 meters. In summary, work to date at Detour continues to advance very well in our view, proving our initial theory that there's a much larger goal system here than previously thought. And so now turning to my next slide, which is number 24, we see an image from the Casamine, which outlines the overall exploration, exploration plan for 21, as well as progress for Q1. As announced in the past, we're aiming for a minimum of 150 to 300,000 ounces to replace ounces mined this year, and it's going to be from a variety of different areas, but strongly focused of the SMC to of the current resource, shown here in orange, as well as in the native break to the south. 
These are all high potential target areas where we've always had a lot of success in the past, and we're very optimistic again this year. Additional to this, the plan includes work on a number of new areas on the 34, 51, and 58 levels where there's been not been any recent work, but in our view, have a lot of new potential to add. Work on the 58 level will be done mainly from a new drift being developed for access to the number four shaft and targeting both the up dip extension of the SMC as well as the west part of the main break at depth where we announced high grade intercepts and a new high grade corridor early last year. Work on 34 will be from a drift just south of number two shaft and testing for extensions of the main break which is uh, shown here in the dark blue in the background, and, and, and as well as uh, looking for new structures which could be above and parallel to the south mine complex. And the work on 51, which is on the far left side of the slide here, will be, for, will be from a new drift, which we're going to be developing this year, and extending west from tree shaft. So in this area, what we'll be targeting is really the down plunge extension of the main break. So again, the large blue structure, which you see on the slide here. And this area is, is going to bring us out past the previous limit of past mining and where there's very little testing. Aside from this, we have a small amount of work both on surface and in the new surface ramp, where again, we still feel there's a lot of areas that have not been fully tested and a lot of untapped potential. In terms of progress to date, I believe it's been going very well. About 46,000 meters of drilling completed in Q1. And a lot of this focused on the SMC, but with some small amounts on 34 and 58 already starting. We also accomplished about 450 meters of development, with good portions of this being completed to gain access to the new targets on 34, 51, and 58. Although no results to report today, we see good progress being made so far and remain confident for success in 21. And so now turning to my next slide, which is number 25, we should see an image uh, for the Fosterville mine area and outlining the exploration plan and recent progress here in Q1 as well. And as with the CASA, the program here is aiming to at least try and replace all ounces mined in 21, which is in the order of both 450,000. As indicated, the plan includes work on a number of different targets, with most of the focus being on the lower part of the Fosterville uh, mine and the Robbins Hill area, with the remainder being on a series of new and what we believe are very interesting targets lying to the south. Work at Fosterville will be all from underground and involve drilling that is strongly focused down plunge of the Swan Zone to both convert and expand the current resource. As you know, this is a very high potential area where we already have we already have widely spaced drilling indicating that the system extends for at least another 900 meters down plunge and with locally higher grades and visible goals. So we're putting a lot of emphasis on this. Some of the work was planned from existing drifts near the upper part of the zone and already in progress in Q1. But the largest part of this will actually be from a new hanging wall drive, which is being developed um, near the 3,900 level. And, um, aiming for completion in mid-June. So as such, most of the new results from this drilling, which we will believe will be quite positive, will only become available to us later this year. Work at Robbins Hill will be done mainly from drilling from surface, but expecting to do at least some drilling from underground platforms in our new exploration drive 
starting sometime in Q3. Now, as with Fosterville, the drilling will be strongly focused on the area down plunge of the current reserve. We already have seen some good success, but believe there's a lot more potential for ounces and higher grades. In terms of progress to date, work's been proceeding well again and includes over 39,000 meters of drilling into key targets at both Fosterville and Robbins Hill. We also have 1.8 kilometers of development on our two main exploration drives at Lower Phoenix and Robbins Hill. So in summary, I think we had a pretty good overall quarter for exploration and still being, feeling very confident on achieving our goals for 21. So with that, I'll now pass the call back to Tony. Okay, so thanks, thanks Eric and thanks Natasha and Larry and Evan for, and Ian for, and, and Mark for, 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 for supporting this call. Hopefully we, you know, by giving you a variety of speakers, we keep everybody interested. Anyway, I'm just going to summarize. I'm on slide 26, and, and you know, and, you know, again, you know, I think if, if we if we just keep things in, in, in a very short touchstone in terms of what the highlights are for the quarter, it was a very solid, solid quarter from our perspective. We beat many of our own targets for the quarter. We we are now poised for three very strong quarters over the balance of the year, and we are on track to achieve all of our full year 2021 guidance. And we see, you know, what projects coming on this year in 2022 being a very strong year. 2023 having a lot of, lot of, lot, lot of, lot of developments, and really we, we see a lot of upside as we continue to move the company forward. But very importantly, we are well positioned in, in com coming out of into Q2 uh, to outperform our peer group in the coming months. And, and, and really, it's based upon a number of three key points. One is we, we've had we continue to have significant uh, success at Detroit Lake. And we'll, you know, we, we, we you know, we, we really believe that T tour we're going to be able to demonstrate T tour is one of the premium open pit gold mines in, in 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 North America and and definitely in the world, and and, and we'll be demonstrating that over the over the next while. Number two, we're going to we have continued progress with our number four shaft at Macassa. Combine that with exploration operating uh, success and operating growth, where we are going to be creating a new mine with significant upside. So we see Macassa as being coming into 2023 being one of the one of the most you know one of the top 10 in terms of of, of largest underground gold mines and and well by one again one of the most profitable gold mines in in in, in the world and number three with our extensive exploration program at fossil we see you know we, we have an attractive exploration upside and in, in, in terms of be able to demonstrate that fossil is already one of the best gold mines in the world we have with, with the exploration success and, 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 and new discoveries of new, new mineralization are possible, with, which, you know, there, there's all, 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 all things point to it. We'll be able to demonstrate long-term sustainability at, at Fossil as well. So we have three solid projects, very profitable company, cash flow generating, uh, you know, and, and, and we're, we're, we're focused on responsible mining and really being able to be leaders in terms of moving forward in terms of making a change and supporting a lot of change and, and lots of support for the communities that, that we work in. So anyway, thank you again for participating in today's call and I'm happy to take any questions. At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star, then the number one on your telephone keypad. We will pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Cosmos 2 from CIBC. Your line is open. Hi, thanks, uh, Tony and team. Um, you know, maybe my question is on cost. 
Um, you know, there's nowadays some concerns about inflationary costs uh, in the mining sector. Um, you know, with a big project like shaft number four, um, are you seeing any kind of impact in terms of higher input costs? And, um, you know, and how are you managing that risk? And I guess if you can talk about, you know, the strengthening Canadian dollar as well, you know, in this case, it might actually help if you're, you know, making any purchases in U.S. dollars. But could you talk about, you know, inflation and how do you manage that risk for a big project like shaft number four? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start and I'll probably let uh, Ash and Larry give us a little bit of color in terms of some of the things they're seeing and, and, and same as Ian and, and Evan in terms of thinking McCassa. But uh, first off, for shaft number four, I mean, that project has been has been ongoing for quite some time. A lot of the procurement's been done. Uh, you know, we, we you know the, the, you're correct that there is, you know, inflationary effects and, 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 and there's extra costs associated with a lot of things you're coming out and learning how to live within this pandemic type environment and, and these processes. But for the most part, the, the number the number four shaft, since, since the scope is defined, since the, the, the lot, of, lot of parts of the project is defined, we don't see ourselves going over budget at all at, 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 at McCaffrey. In terms of, and, and schedule in terms of completing that, we we, we you know we are seeing uh, you know impacts in fuel costs etc. But you know maybe it'd be better if I let uh, Larry and uh, Larry and Ian and, and, and Evan give some color there. I don't know, Larry, you want to give a little bit of thoughts on on where you see some costs happening? Yeah, um, we're seeing an impact, I guess, with, uh, with some of our consumables, um, fuel in particular. Uh, we're seeing you know. Increased uh, price of fuel um, is it's fairly material a detour, obviously, because uh, you know the high volume that we move. Um, we're seeing a slight, I guess, increase in or maybe some some things like steel and and uh, and parts like that. But again, a lot of a lot of the activities and, and repairs that, uh, that we have ongoing for this year have, are at fixed fixed prices. Um, but unfortunately, we have uh, you know with our truck boxes and things we we had. Um, the contracts are in place, so, so so we won't be impacted that way. But, uh, but there's there's some pressure, but um, uh, I wouldn't think it's material at uh, Detour. Yeah, and 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 I you know I I think you know they definitely the the the, the strengthening both Canadian and Australian dollar has offset some of the some of the impacts in some of these areas. Any color, Ian, from Australia? Yeah, thanks, Tony. Uh, look, we haven't really seen um, strong uh, pressure across the board uh, in Australia at this stage. Uh, much the same as Larry, we've got a number of long-term contracts in place uh, for a lot of our consumables, uh, and and our and our budgets and, and therefore our guidance. We're we're based on some, uh, slightly conservative numbers in those areas anyway, and we're actually tracking slightly under in some of them. Uh, so, so that's you know, it's, it's not it's not a major concern of ours at this stage. Certainly, from a labour from a labour point of view, we're not seeing any significant increases in terms of um, uh, so labour labour price indexes or anything like that. Great, you know, thanks. That's, mm -hmm. Sorry, Tony. I'm just going to say, and, and for the most part, like we, you know, as you can see, we're not really uh, adjusting any of our cost guidance. So, so we, you know, we. We, we see things being manageable as, as we progress throughout the year. So, okay. Understood. That's the only question I have. That should keep Mark happy. So, uh, thanks again. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Carl.
Your next question comes from the line of Ovis Habib from Scotiabank. Your line is open. Thanks, Operator. Uh, hi, Tony and Kirkland team, and uh, thanks for taking my questions. Uh, a couple of questions from me. Um, just starting off with the performance you had in March, um, and obviously it was a pretty strong performance that you've been talking about. Uh, any color you guys can provide on whether this performance has continued into April? Uh, Natasha, you wanna you wanna give some up, up, up some color there? That's okay. Yeah, sure, 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 no problem. Um, hi. Um, so, with respect to March, we had a we had a pretty strong um, March uh, in two areas. A detour, like I mentioned, the the throughput was up, and that's uh, that's a function of the the conditions. We had a pretty mild winter, so um, we were able to operate both the mine and the mill um, better than expected than we had planned. So. So that helped on that end. And then Fosterville, um, um, I think, you know, to mention it, but um, we had um, a stove that outperformed what we had uh, originally planned. So that was a very positive consideration on that end. Um, in terms of, of April, um, in the Q2, we, we expect, like I mentioned, I think uh, we had a, a week, we were planning to have a Q1 that was a, a week quarter. Um, the next three quarters are expecting to be better. Uh, it's going to be um, more weighted to the, to the second half of the year, so we expect to have a strong H2. Um, in terms of uh, Macasa, we are seeing uh, good productivity rates there this month and you know, some, some good reconciliation for those states. Perfect. Thanks, Natasha. And just kind of follow up on that, uh, you know, regarding detour. Um, detour grade was higher than average uh, in, in Q1, uh, or what you were expecting in Q1. Uh, was this due to positive reconciliation, or was this, you know, just the fact that you moved into a higher grade areas uh, during the quarter? Essentially, what I'm asking is, have you moved into uh, phase three from phase two? Um, we're we're in phase two right now, um, but we actually mined more. Uh, we took more out of the pit than than uh, what we had planned. Like we milled more, so we were able to. It's a bit of both. I want to say it's like I would say 50-50. We had a we had positive reconciliation, but we also were able to bring up higher grade material that we had you know, forecasted for a little bit later on in the year. Okay, thanks, Natasha. I'll, I'll stick with my two questions and uh, jump back in the creek. Your next question comes from the line of Mark or Mike Parkin from National Bank. Your line is open. Hey guys, thanks for taking my questions. Um, one would be on the, the new vent raises at Macassa. Is that now in a situation where the challenge you had last summer with high ambient temperature outside limiting where you could access, you know, safely underground from a heat uh, perspective, is that kind of a thing of a pass? So you've got that, you know, Q3 kind of de-risk? Um, go ahead, Evan. I think it's... Uh... It's, it's, it's definitely going to help. It's, it's helping uh, as we speak. Um, yes, it's, it's absolutely going to provide more air and cooler air down there. Uh, so the raise, the raise actually extends all the way down to 5,600, so it's just two legs, but the longest leg is 3,300 feet. Okay. So, yeah. and, and, and there's a, there's a parallel raise that, 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 that's ongoing right now, too. So you know, hopefully you get that done and then and, and once that's done that's another step change and then and then once the shaft is connected that's a that's a third and major step change as well right okay super oh yeah for sure um 
And then just on the, the investments being made on the ESG front um, with, you know, the, the goals moving towards net zero, is there any thoughts around, you know, detour maybe using a, an in-pit conveyor to limit the amount of trucks you're using? Is that something that might be considered for the new life of mine plant, especially as you, if you're going into the west detour pit and you're moving further away from the pit, seems like it could be a big OPEX savings too. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, good point. We're looking at the, of the variety of alternatives, and 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 that that's one. And you know, and I, Natasha, Larry can even even provide some supporting uh, commentary on that. Yeah, as part of that and um, that initiative, um, we're looking at a number of actual things. Uh, we're looking at railways, we're looking at conveyors, we're looking at trolley assist as well. Um, um, yeah, so we're in the we're we're just starting off. Um, so. So there's still a lot of the work that we need to do on our end. Um, yeah, Larry, do you want to add anything to that? Yeah, for sure. All those things. Um, looking at, uh, you know, can we put more material in pits and, and not have to haul it, uh, you know, up to the, to the spoils and other creative energies? So. Yeah, that's yeah. one area where you, you, it can be sequenced to pits where where. There's a point in time when you start putting back filling back into the pit as you, as you move from east to west. But you know, there's a number of uh, the initiative. One big initiative for this year is getting our, our private area network, the partnership we have with Rogers Communication up uh, up, up up in the region, and and being able to start advancing access use of technologies and be able to look at a lot of ways to really transform a lot of the operations at at Detroit over the next while. Great. Um, just one last question. The, the $75 million you're planning to spend on those ESG initiatives for the next few, several years, how should we think about that flowing through? Will it be all capitalized? Will it kind of go into different buckets on the, the financial statements? Um, well, uh, go ahead, uh, uh, David. It, it means it, it's in, in a variety of areas. Some of it's a lot portions of that are already in our budgets, but uh, David, if you can answer that. Yeah, a lot of the Tony's correct. A lot of that is already incorporated into our guidance, uh, you know, numbers. Uh, there, there is a, a, a large luck in the in the technology um, and, and and business optimization area uh, that are focused on growth. Um, you know, and, and so I I'd say a, a little bit in each of the buckets, but with a focus on growth. Uh, now. Okay, super. Thanks, Ed. Uh, that's it for me, guys. Your next question comes from the line of John Tomasos from John Tomasos for Independent Research. Your line is open. Congrats, Tony, Natasha, and the gang on the good work. I got to stick to two questions so I can move from the Jersey Shore to Detour Camp and be safe. <laughs> uh, first, thank you for disclosing the breakdown of tons and ounces by zone at Fosterville. It looks like Harrier and Lower Phoenix more than doubled their tons from a year ago, and their grade rose from 9.4 to 7 to 9.6 from 7.8. So something real good's happening in the new Stopes at Fosterville. I'd like you to elaborate on that first. Then second, the whole number 103 that was the first line of the press release Tuesday. I understand the great result that there was nine grams over 13 meters. 
the other 141.6 meters, the algebra works out 0 0.397 grams to get to uh, the 1.13 grams over 155 meters. Was the 146.1 a mistake? Or do you have to take that out at 0.397 grams because it's between 350 and 400 meters in the pit and you're going to have the world's biggest stockpile from 2040 to 2045 or 50 of 0.4 gram material? Eric, that's... Uh, yeah, I can answer that, uh, uh The 9 over uh, 13 meters is not in hole 103. Um, I might have the numbers wrong. It's the first sentence of Tuesday's release. Well, uh, no, it's not an including. Uh, the 103 is, uh, that, that, that one is 1.13 over 155 meters, and uh, no, and then that's in 103. The 9 over 13 is in hole 79 BW. So it's not inclusive. They're all different intercepts, and there's no smearing. Yeah, that's right. That's a separate intercept altogether. Thank you. Excuse me. I thought it was something else. No, 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 sure, Tony. I, I can probably tackle the first part of that question when it came sure. to the fossil production. Uh, we, we've got a number of zones in Lower Phoenix um, that, that contributed for the quarter. Uh, for instance, there was one. You know, for the first time, we mined stopes in the Raptor area. That certainly um, has proven to be uh, a solid contributor for the quarter, and and we did have uh, well um, well worked out. Uh, we, we did have some, some solid contribution from the Harrier, and we, we saw some higher grades in Harrier, higher than we historically have seen. Uh, so, so, you know, we, we are trying to balance the entire mining production currently. Thank you. It's uh, looking good at Fosterville. Yep. Once again, if you would like to ask a question, please press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. Your next question comes from the line of Kerry McCurry from Canaccord Genuity. Your line is open. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, maybe just a question on detour, um, just with the, you know, the daily limit lifted there. Just how should we think about throughput over the balance of the year? I assume it's going to increase from here. Well, I think when, when, when we gave out our, our guidance for the year, we, we, we expect this year to be about 24.5 million tons total, uh, give or take a few percent uh, process this year. And then uh, by 2025, in, in, in a forecast that's in our technical reports, it gets up to 28 million tons a year. But, you know, and that's based on a number of uh, project initiatives as, as, we, as we progress. But, you know, I don't know, Natasha, you want to, or Larry, you want to give a you know, simple support to that? Yeah, I think as you mentioned it to me, like in twenty twenty one we're planning on, on hitting twenty four point five million tons, but that hasn't changed. So on average for the year we'd be averaging about sixty seven thousand tons per day. Um and then slowly growing that for twenty twenty five to twenty eight million tons and next year we plan on doing the drift over twenty five million tons and then slowly as the other projects come online, uh we get to twenty seven and then twenty seven, twenty eight and then twenty eight million. And then and then maybe Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I think they. I mean, one of the things that's going to, uh, and that's where as the year progresses, and Larry has 
uh, working on alternate feeds, et cetera, but I think the biggest two projects we have that, that going on this year would be the installing the screen decks be, be before the, uh, between the primary crusher and the secondary crusher on both uh, secondary crusher sides. We'll be doing one and then the other one. In the meantime, there's an alternate feed system being put in place to try to keep the mills, to, to, to be able to keep the mills running on the one each, each side running during the, during this period of construction. And then that leads into further increases in 20, you know, to be, as we progress to future years, right? So, okay. Okay, great. great. And then in Q2 last year, there was a pretty big cash tax uh, payment. Just wondering if there's something similar that we should look out for this year for Q2. David? Yep, thanks, Tony. Um, yeah, last year, uh, there was a, a large uh, tax payment in June that was really related to, you know, the filing of our Australian tax returns. Uh, and 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 so you know we're we're still working through the um, uh, tax returns this year, and uh, we probably will see an increase from Q1 because Q1 is just the um, you know regular moment. But uh, as we close out the year, we had a very strong year uh, last year in Australia. You know, I, I probably expect an increase from what we paid in Q1. But I'm assuming nothing near the magnitude of last year. Well, it could be. It could be. You know, last year was a, again a record year. I expect you know the taxable income to be you know significantly higher. Um, you know, last year was the previous year. Our, our installments, keep in mind, our installments are based on you know um, not last year taxable income, the year before, so 2019. Uh, and uh, so you know, I'm expecting. So our installments aren't really enough to cover what the full tax is in Australia. And so that's how you see the, a bit of a cap in Q2 because we're not prepaying out uh, of taxes, right? So when we file our tax returns, all that gets up and, and we, uh, but we get a better idea on what it's like, uh, you know, sometime in Q2 when the tax returns are final. Okay, great. Thank you. That concludes our Q&A for today. I would now like to turn the call back over to Senior Vice President of Investor Relations, Mark Edding, for closing comments. Thanks very much, Operator, and again, thanks everyone for participating in the call today. As you've heard, we've uh, we've got a lot going on. We've got a lot going uh, to look forward to, and uh, a lot to, we're going to have a lot to talk about over the balance of 2021 and into next year. So uh, we, we look forward to our next call to uh, update you on how much more progress we've made. Thanks very much. Have a good day. Thanks. Back conference call. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.